Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to My Favourite Takeaway, the podcast for people who love food but can't always be bothered to cook it. I'm Tom Crane and my co-host is Simran Shah and each week we go into the homes of celebrities to have their favourite takeaway just as they normally have it. It's a it's a fun show and I love that it's become work. It's great. How does it happen? It's a fun show. Sounded so pleading and desperate. <laughs> yeah, it, it really did, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Just to reassure you, the listener, that this is a fun show. Stick it's with it. You, you... Honestly, it's a fun show. Stick with it. You may not like it to begin with, but honestly, it'll grow on you. <laughs> Like a, it's like a new child. Anno- to begin with, it's a bit annoying, it's exhausting, you can't really be bothered with it. But in time, you'll grow to love it. <laughs> so that's, that's the main thing. Um, how are you, Sim? Are you, are you keeping well? How are things? Good. I'm very well, thanks, Craig. How are you? Have you had any, uh, have you had any takeaways this week? That's sort of the thing that we ask, isn't it? You know me, you know me. I have I have had a takeaway this week. Um, I, 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 partly, I seem to claim that I'm getting these takeaways because I think, oh, it's good for the show, but really it's just, you know, I have a problem. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what I got this week, Sim. I got myself uh, a burger and chips. Lovely, classic, coleslaw side. Delicious. I was really excited about it. So excited that um, while I was waiting for the takeaway to arrive, I went to get my uh, plate and my knife and fork and my ketchup, um, expecting to go and then set it up in the living room where I eat my takeaway. But at that point, there was a knock on the door and the delivery driver arrived. And I opened the door, holding my plate and knife and fork and my ketchup like I was so <laughs> excited. <laughs> it was so lame. Like, like I literally couldn't wait to get going. The look of pity from this guy's face is like, oh, this poor boy. <laughs> You, you know, you know how a dog waits at the door for its owner to come home. <laughs> did so you eat it? Did you eat it then and there, staring at him, putting it on the plate? I did I, exactly. I pulled up two chairs. We sat on the step outside my house, and we <laughs> we ate the burger, and I sort of rehearsed stuff for the podcast. Um, That's great. Love it, that. I, I, I know we've talked about this. We talked a lot in this show about like how I eat my takers. Like as we discussed, I'm knife and fork on the floor in front of the telly every time, even after a night out, if I'm getting a kebab, I have to bring it home. I have to have a knife and fork. I have to have a plate. I have to eat it in that way. That's the way I am. Um, but we haven't really talked loads about the way you eat takeaways. What, what's, what's your sort of vibe, Sim? How do you do it? Well, at the moment, I actually had a bit of a dilemma, and I think it's a dilemma that most people will have, which mm. is uh, I ordered a takeaway earlier this week, and I took all the containers of the food, the takeaway yeah. food, the bag and everything, put it into the kitchen, and then 
un, um, unpacked all the food and put some of it onto the plate and left the rest inside the containers, right? Okay, and then nice, went yeah, into that's... the living room and then ate and then ate. And then I go back into the kitchen to refill for a second helping and then went back to the living room and then went back to the kitchen again to refill for the third helping. And I thought, why the fuck am I doing this? Like, why am I doing this? Shouldn't I just take it all into the living room and just eat it there? But I don't want to do that. I don't want a load of sort of takeaway containers just in front of me. I just, but then, but then at the same time, I don't want to keep going back and forth. I don't know how to resolve this. No, I, 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 I get what you're doing there. First of all, you could tell yourself you're burning calories with every trip. That's it's kind of it makes it okay that you're <laughs> eating your third curry of the week because you, you know you're, you're covering miles each time. But I'm exactly the same because I, I I hate having food I'm not eating in front of me. Like if if I finish a meal in a restaurant or at home, wherever I I need to get the plate away from me afterwards. As soon as the meal's done, I'm like I can't have any of that around me. Basically. Oh God, yeah, um, no, of course, no. That that that's that's like the remnants of a house party the next day. You just, you've got you've, you've got to get rid of it. You can't be just sitting. <laughs> around with your chicken bones just on a plate in front of you it's pushed so to one true. side as you put your as you put your legs up on the sofa i don't understand these people who can just sit in front of like a carcass like sometimes you'll be in a restaurant and you'll see people who've, who are on a date and they haven't asked to have their food taken away and they're just sat there sort of flirting and in front of them is what's left of a dead bird <laughs> that's absolutely unacceptable but to come back to your takeaway thing i i i do like that but there is also a sort of i think it feels more like a treat i suppose it's it feels i don't know there's a, a little bit of a buffet feeling to it it's kind of you set it up on the side you go in oh i can have this time how am i going to do it so i, I do get that I don't, I don't think that's completely mad i think it's also about just trying to keep the cleanliness it's about trying to divide up the living room or the sitting room or wherever it is that you're eating your takeaway and then the yeah. kitchen as being the place for where the food is. So it yes. doesn't get yeah. too messy because you don't want, if you're putting your takeaway thing on a chair or on a bit of, on the sofa, let's see, put it on the sofa, then it's going to seep through <laughs> and the grease will get there. You just don't want to touch it. You just don't want to contaminate it. You feel like, you feel guilty even having it not at the table <laughs> deep down you feel that a bit so guilty about true. the fact that you've not you're not having it at the table you feel that like your parents might tell you off like so there's still this sort of guilt level there it's deep and it's slight but it exists but but you know three to four years of counseling will deal with it so it's fine um <laughs> how, how how much takeaway are you ordering that you're going back for thirds that's mad i don't know i've ever managed thirds it's about portion size on the first one it's not. Okay. It's 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 not that you're doing three loads of the same massive amount. It's just yeah. that it's just the first load isn't very much. The second load. And are you doing starter and then main? Or what are you doing when it gets takeaway? It's a takeaway. I'm not doing a starter and a main. I it's do. Takeaway. It's all at I once. I do. If I if about? I have a if I let's say I have a Chinese meal or whatever, I will have the starters first and I'll bring them through and I'll eat those and then I'll go back and get the main. I do do that because I'm you know I'm classy. <laughs> I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. Or you're neurotic, whichever way you want to do it. <laughs> yeah, possibly that, possibly that. Uh, we have, as always, so Sim, let's, it's not all about us, this show, is it? It's also about our wonderful, weird listeners. Um, and we've got some more brilliant correspondents to come in this week. We, we love that you're sending us all this stuff. We, we really do appreciate it. And what, what, what have we been sent this week, Sim? Well, our wonderful listeners, this wonderful listener comes all the way from Halifax in Nova Scotia, oh, Canada, which is pretty cool, awesome. isn't it? Love it. So Tiffany says, a donor, now she's spelling donor, D-O-N-A-I-R, a donor consists of a spicy ground beef cone cooked on a vertical spit 
This is wrapped in a warmed, steamed pirate bread with raw white onion, fresh tomato and a sweet sauce. The sauce is made from vinegar, condensed milk, some salt and garlic. It is typical to eat donairs sitting outside after bars closed, hunched over to not spill sauce on yourself. We also use the sweet donair sauce to dip garlic fingers in. Garlic fingers are a pizza made with dough, garlic butter and lots of cheese. I did that in my best MasterChef VO, so I'm quite pleased with that. <laughs> uh, what, what do you make of that, Crane? Would you ever eat a donair like this in Nova Scotia, Canada? I'm all for this. I mean, the sweet sauce for me, that's, that's the, the key difference between what we have here, I suppose, kebab wrap-wise and there, this sweet sauce. But I'm all about, I like sweet and meat. I do like that. I mean, we discussed a little while ago on the podcast how with a full English breakfast, I will sometimes get jam or marmalade to go with it because I like that combination of sweet and meat. Incidentally, mm. Sim, I don't know if you saw this, we got an email from someone called Nick Cotter after I said that. Um, on the show, which simply said, marmalade with a full English, are you ill? That's all it said. <laughs> and then I replied saying, ha ha ha, that really made me laugh. And he replied to that saying, oh God, I've got no memory of even listening to that pod, let alone sending that email. So that's it's like he was hammered <laughs> and so full of rage and booze or whatever that he sort of completely said, marmalade with full English, are you ill? I think it's a real anger. And also, also all in capital as well, if I remember rightly. Um, but so, so I, I like that. I, I like the idea of... I like the idea of a sweet sauce with a kebab. I, I, I do get that. Um, if you have any weird things that you eat takeaway wise, um, wherever you live in the world, be it Canada, Hong Kong, or maybe Chippenham in Somerset, why not? Do send them in. And also any takeaway stories you have, the madder the better. We want to hear about them. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram on at my favorite takeaway podcast, or you can email us on hello at myfavoritetakeawaypodcast.com. Right, next up is our wonderful guest uh, and the host of the BAFTA-nominated The Last Leg, Adam Hills. Adam is a close friend of ours, and uh, he chose ribs from Bodine's, and in particular, the Pit Boss Platter, which was this incredible array of burnt ends, ribs chicken thighs chicken wings coleslaw i mean it was it was a real meat feast and hilsey is a, a big ribs fan he basically eats it every day i would say so <laughs> not only is that incredibly unhealthy but it, it was it was a it was a great chat um, and we really really hope you enjoy it This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ah, uh, 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 here we go. 
Oh, is there another bag? Is that two bags? It's the size of a baby. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> I mean, I think people have this sort of perception of barbecue as just being, we well, just shove it on the barbecue. And just, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, if you're slow cooking, just leave it there a while and I'm sure it'll turn out great. Yeah. That is just so far from what you need to do. Like, the science behind it is so intricate and precise. And only when you see the people in action, you're like, oh, right, this is as involved as any other level of cooking. Yeah. And requires as much experience and control. Yeah. And, of course, in the social aspect of a barbecue, like in Australia, for instance, there is no other place where you would have people over for food and they would watch you while you cook it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, there's a pressure yeah, I've, yeah. Known, I've found, especially in Australia, yeah. where you've got friends over and you're at the barbecue, and I'll, I'll go off if I'm barbecuing, I'll go, right, I'll go over and do this, and I quite yeah. like going into my little world, but yeah. anyway, you're cooking away, and then one of the blokes will come over with a beer, and how's it going? And then you get a little bit of performance pressure, and like, I think I've overcooked the prawns. <laughs> the sausages are looking smaller and smaller. <laughs> oh, God, I feel so emasculated. <laughs> and one of the biggest compliments I paid a mate recently was uh, we, and we must have had a whole bunch of people over and I'm cooking a barbecue. Yeah. And, he, and I was kind of doing a few things at once and he went, right, can I give you a hand? And I went, actually, yeah, you can. <laughs> really? <laughs> that was a big step. That is, yeah, that's that is, huge. That is you swallowing your pride. <laughs> My first ever dinner party I did when I was about 23, I um, was so stressed by the whole thing that as mm. I was serving it, I got it on the table, I was delighted, I thought, Painted. right. Who wants, who wants a cold beer, went to the fridge and then slammed my hand in the fridge door <gasps> and ended up having to be taken to hospital by one of the guests and left everyone else in my house just having to do it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I broke my finger. Wow. I was so glad the cooking was over. My mind just went, <laughs> wow. it doesn't matter what happens to me. And slammed it. Yeah, broke my finger. Um, and they just, they just remained in my house and just let themselves leave. <laughs> <laughs> It was such a disaster. Oh, Speaking to my mum the next day, how did it go, Tom? Well, not great. But they sent me a few texts to say they're enjoying themselves. But uh... anyway, shall we? Uh, okay, go on. Yeah. Right. I want to try. So this, what is this? Thing? The brisket. The brisket. Let's yeah. give this a go, shall we? Oh, oh, oh. Mm. There's a sweetness to that. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a, a slight honeyed sort of sweetness to it. Mm. That's delicious. Yeah, there you go. What great food. Um, so growing up then, let's talk, let's talk about sort of growing up in Australia yeah, then. Yeah, okay. um, did you have takeaways? Were there takeaways around? What is the takeaway scene like in Australia? I mean, I, I was born in 1970. So you imagine as a kid, we're talking late 70s in Australia. Yeah. You didn't go out to restaurants and have takeaways. Yeah. Like if we were lucky, maybe once every now and again, we'd go to a local Chinese restaurant. Chinese restaurants across Australia go kind of back to the gold rush, I think, like the 1800s. So if you, you drive out in the middle of Australia, the further, the further you know, your big cities, yeah, you'll yeah. have all whatever flavours from around the world. Yeah. But the further out into the outback you go, the further away you get from Indian restaurants, from Vietnamese restaurants. Oh. Thai, yeah. Thai is spreading its way across Australia. Yeah. Doesn't matter where you go in Australia, you'll find a Chinese restaurant. Really? Right. Because of the amount of Chinese immigrants that came over to go through the gold fields during the gold rush. Okay. So oh, that's interesting. So yeah, it's almost like Chinese was the first kind of foreign restaurant yeah. that we would have in Australia in the seventies. I think at home, would you? What what was like the, the daily diet? Like, at home, I mean, it was it was there would always be meat involved. It was yeah. steak, chops, sausages. Yeah. Um, not always barbecue, but also because my dad worked for Qantas, so my dad was away yeah. half the year. So you know, mum would cook, and then dad would come home, and then he'd cook. Maybe he'd do the barbecue. I think there's a lot of I mean, if we want to get into it, a lot of connection in my head between my dad and barbecues. Barbecues. And partly, and my love of ribs comes from, so because he worked for Qantas, he got 
cheap uh, free flights, basically. Yeah. So once a year, we would take a flight to wherever we wanted to go. We would turn up late right. um, because we had to go standby. You couldn't book. It was oh, only, okay. We'd turn up, and if there, if there happened to be free seats on the flight, we'd get on, which is how I discovered comedy, by the way. Oh, really? So probably about the age of, oh, wow, I've just realised I discovered comedy and ribs on the same trip. <laughs> oh, oh, there we go. And which, which do you love more? I think it's like <laughs> <a lot of questions>. <laughs> <laughs> For me, the, the, it's like yin and yang. Yeah, you yeah. can't take one yeah, away from the other. Imagine doing a gig eating ribs at the same time. This would be it. I think you'd only be an overload here. <laughs> I'm not sure. You I, really should do a food and comedy podcast. Oh. <laughs> There are so many now. <laughs> but so few good ones. <laughs> so hard to get it right. Don't forget to subscribe and like. Please review. <laughs> so, 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 so this, trip, this trip to America, I would have been, I think, nine. I think it was 1979. And we turned up to the airport. We, we were flying to LA. Um, we went standby, which meant we just took whatever seats we could get. Yep. So my brother and I were seated away from my mum and dad. So we were maybe two or three rows back. Okay. And so, and my dad loved comedy. Like we had um, uh, Dick Emery albums and Peter Sellers albums, wow. but I'd never heard comedy outside of the house. I didn't yeah. know other people listened to comedy. So we got on the plane, and I remember like getting a few minutes into the flight and basically getting up on my knees and turning around and yelling down to my parents, going, "There's a man being funny on the radio." <laughs> and they were like, "Yes, just put your headphones on." <laughs> like, okay. And so I listened, and in those days. It, it would be like a 40-minute program of various comedians oh, wow. on, the, on the comedy channel. And at the end of 40 minutes, it would rewind. It would take 10 minutes to go back to the start, and then it would play over again. Okay, so yeah. I must have listened like three or four times. Yeah. And so the first time you're listening going, oh, my God, this is amazing. And then the second time you're going, oh, I can see the rhythm of how I just, there was something about it that I was fascinated by. Interesting. So that, for me, that was my first memory of, of stand-up comedy. So then we had this trip, we went to LA, we went to Disneyland, we did all that stuff, we went to San Francisco, we came back via Hawaii, and in Honolulu was the first time I ever had ribs. And it wasn't baby back, it was one big beef rib. Yeah. Like a massive oh, wow. one that okay. you held out in front of your face. And it was still to this day, I'd say the best rib I've ever had. Because really? you're always chasing that first hit, <laughs> aren't you? It's never, you're always chasing that first hit. So it's how old were you at that time, were you? I think I was nine. Oh, that's an early age to start. Well, and here's the, so then we got back to Australia, and my mum said, "Right, I'm going to make ribs for you." Yeah. But you couldn't get baby back ribs or or the big back ribs or whatever these ones are. You just couldn't get them in Australia. So she went to the butcher and said, "Can I get ribs?" And she got the Chinese pork ribs, which are cut. Oh the yeah. Other yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. she, you know, then started making ribs. So that'd be mum's ribs for us, but they were different to these. Yeah. Have you gone back to Hawaii since? Have you ever had those ribs again? Was this the pilgrimage that's waiting to happen? There's a danger you go back, you go, and you realise it was actually tiny. It was just you were like 11. <laughs> it's one of those memories. It was just like being huge. It was the Bodines in Hawaii. Realize, it's, it's, like a, <laughs> it's actually hamster ribs they were sharing. You were just too, I don't know. But yeah, there's a danger. Yeah, yeah. I, but... oh, no, I've not been back to Honolulu. No. Okay. I've been to Hawaii, but not in Honolulu. So God, I've never it. found them again. But now that you say that, there was a place I remember, the Montreal Comedy Festival. Yeah. And because of that, that way in Montreal where a lot of the shopping centres are underground. Oh, really? The shopping centres are underground? Yeah, because... And then you walk from one to the other under the, under the street. So you go into one shopping centre, you don't have to go back out into the snow again. Oh. And you can walk around, like, the city for hours, virtually underground. Yeah. God, so, that's cool. Yeah. That must and, give yeah. you a sort of strange idea of what time of day it is and how long you've been in there, though. That feels... I guess. I mean, I've never been there in winter. I've only been there in summer. Okay. But so, you know, the, the hotel yeah. that we all... St all the comedians stayed in... 
you then go out one exit and then you go down an escalator and you're in a shopping mall and then you go down another escalator and it just keeps going down rather yeah. than up. But there was a rib, I think it was called Baton Rouge Ribs Restaurant. Oh my God. Yeah. I feel like you were there morning, uh, morning lunch. Yep. And- <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like there was, where, wonder where Hills is. Well, that, that then tests your commitment to comedy when you know, you've, you know, you've got a gig at seven <laughs> yeah. and you've got to eat at five. And you're like, yeah, yeah, that's it. Are you going to break that rule? No. Or are you going to get those ribs in? Shall what we, we try crack into? Yeah. Else? What, should we, what should we give a go next? What I do you would think? say, okay, so what's on your plate that you haven't tried? Well, I've not tried these ribs. Okay, so the I might give these baby backs yeah. a shot. Just re- there's no. It's really, really good meat. It's really good mm. food. Mm. I think I, I do think ribs are up there with some of my favourite food. I really like I the agree. tactile mm. nature of using your hands. Mm. Most things like smoked is just for me. Most anything smoked, smoked cheese, smoked ribs, anything. I just love it. I bought a little smoker. Such... Oh, have you? Yeah, I bought a little smoker that had hickory wood chips. Oh. And you put in, you light them, and then you just put your sausage inside it. And you smoke it, and it, it honestly, it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> really, I would, I wouldn't advise it. But, 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 but if you know how to do it, I think it tastes great. Hickory Wood Chips is a great name, mm. like a child in a kid's novel, isn't it? Hickory. <laughs> <laughs> he sort of lives out <laughs> in the woods or whatever. He, sort of, he can whittle from the age of three. <laughs> Hickory Wood Chips. <laughs> he built his own house. <laughs> Um, is it strange though that in my head I heard hickory wood chips in a really posh English accent? Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, did I don't you? know why. That's because I said because you talked about a comment on me saying it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But <laughs> so how, how do you see hickory wood chips <laughs> in your mind? What's he? Uh, it would be like um, hickory wood chips always walk the same way home from school every day. <laughs> with a briefcase with HW on it as well. <laughs> HWC. It's double barrel surname, Wood Chips. Yeah. Oh, so there's yeah, a yeah. hyphen in there. No, oh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Oh, yeah. Mrs. Mrs. Wood, Wood marries Mr. Wood, Mr. Chips. <laughs> yeah, is this, I can see Hickory Wood Chips. <laughs> it's a story as old as time. Yeah, I really like that. We must do this. Chips. So mm. I sent to Hillsy at one mm. o'clock. So Bodines are, are doing the Pit Boss platter. Pit Boss, yeah. Which is their new upgrade on the Bodines platter. And Hillsy simply replied, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, so, you know, it says so much. Nothing else is needed. Were you needed. with us, Tom, in Rio? Yes, I was. Right. Yeah, yeah. So did you come with us, sorry, when we went to yes. the meat restaurant in Rio that night? You know those places in Rio where they come around and basically you have a card on your table that's green or red. Mm. And if you turn it green, it means bring me more meat. And if you turn it red, it says, I've probably had enough. So you never turn it red, do you? Basically? <laughs> <laughs> and well, we didn't realise that. You don't have to have everything that's brought to you straight away. <laughs> how long? How long was it you realised yes, that? <laughs> we just felt like I don't think we quite comprehended what never-ending meant yeah, <laughs> when yeah. it comes to meat. So people would come around with massive big kebabs and lines, of, and we'd be like, "Yeah, bring that on!" Thinking yeah. it, it felt like it was almost like somewhere in the back of our minds we thought, "Well, at, at some point, one of the wait staff will go." Well, this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to ask us to leave. <laughs> their job is not to do that. Yeah. And I've never encountered the meat fear before, but I, really? we got the fear. Yeah. Like, you know, there's the meat sweats. There's the like, oh, God, I think I've eaten too much. And then there's the, 
Oh, oh, I'm entering paranoia. <laughs> I've got some paranoia coming on now. I need to, I need to go home and cry in the corner. <laughs> come down from me. Yeah. So how much? Yeah. Flag is still green though. It still, was still, still digging more. It was, it was non-stop. They bring around these spikes of meat. Oh, that sausages. Let's give it a go. Try sausages. Right. Right. Sausages, fantastic. Mm. That is beautiful. I wrote a joke once, and it came from reality that I realised at one point I'd had three ribs meals in three days. And I had one scheduled for the next day. Right. And Jesus. Um, <laughs> to the point where I did genuinely worry because I went to bed one night and um, my heart was beating so fast I couldn't get to sleep. But I convinced myself it was because I was so excited about having more ribs. <laughs> 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 so funny. Yeah. Whatever story you need to tell yourself is amazing. <laughs> so did you go for the fourth ribs meal or did you yeah. you did? So every Tuesday I used to meet up with the previous executive producer of The Last League, a guy called Ben Wicks. Yeah. And we would just sit together and just talk about what might be in the show for the upcoming week. And we got to the point where we wouldn't even think we would just go to Bodine's. Yeah. Like I'd meet him in the office. And then we go, right, should we go? Yeah, we'd start walking, we'd end up in Bodine's and then go, sorry, did you want to go? Should we eat yeah. somewhere else? I feel bad. We always... <laughs> and he said, no, it's a Gilbert and George thing, isn't it? I said, what, what, what do you mean? He said, Gilbert and George, the artists, they, have, they eat at the same place every day and they yeah. eat the same food every day oh, right. because it, they figure it saves their creativity okay. for what they Ooh. need it for. What, uh, why waste time? Okay, it's like, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. the Steve Jobs wearing the See, same... Yeah, with the same yeah. neck. Yeah, yeah. Why, why waste your brain space on thinking about what I'm going to wear for today? Just, mm. just wear the same thing. It's like thing. Josh dragging me to veggie prep yeah. every Thursday. <laughs> <Yeah. second. laughs> it's a creative decision. <laughs> you then don't do any work after you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite and sure the logic you, flows. Do you believe this? As an, or do you, do you feel there is a truth in that? That it was a fact you didn't, didn't have to think about that? Absolutely. If I That's have takeaway now, I will pretty much... Okay, so in Melbourne, we have the family. We do a Thai Tuesday, the local Thai restaurant. Yeah. I'll pretty much have the same dish every week, every Tuesday. Mm -hmm. then I might vary it. There might be a couple, depending on what I feel like, but it'll be the same dish. I would find that on those Tuesdays, yeah, why, why waste 15 minutes thinking about where you're going to go? And then you get there and you're like, okay, what are you going to order? I don't know. What's this menu? Just go, right, are we doing Bodines? Yeah, fine. Go there. The usual? Great. Let's talk about now let's be creative. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm a, the opposite when it comes to ordering. So I will often take so long trying to decide which takeaway I'm ordering from the evening on my app that the one that I really want will have closed by the time I've made the decision. <laughs> really? So I'll yeah. go to Kate and go, this, this restaurant is now closed because I've spent an hour. And Claire will have ordered her own separate thing and that will turn up and like she'll be eating and I'll still be working out. Right. It takes me so, I'm absolutely paralysed by the choice of it. Um, should we try should we, the Yeah, uh, it's probably burnt ends. I've I've been eating the burnt ends. Oh, have you really? How are the burnt ends? <laughs> the burnt ends are I might try are this possibly my favourite of tonight's pork. meal. Just give this a go. Um, so, I mean, to take us back to takeaways, mm. are, are you, do you get many takeaways now? What's your sort of... Do you cook um, mainly? What, what's your, what's your, your if vibe? I'm, if I'm on my own, again, the weird thing is I'm, I'm very much still a creature of habit, even mm. when I'm cooking on my own. I like convenience, so there'll be, there'll be meals for one. <laughs> so sad, but, you know, mm. I love cottage pie. A little cottage pie meal for one. Okay. Um, occasionally I'll branch out. What did I make last week? Uh, gado gado. Shepherd's pie. Branching <laughs> 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 out. <Yeah>. Massively ill. <laughs> but, yeah, so if I cook for myself at home, it's base. Like, I'll try and keep it. And because I've... It's really pathetic. I'm trying to keep fit for rugby, so okay, I'm yeah. trying not to eat. So has that changed the way you eat? It has. You, you eat better. It has. So we had, when we started playing this disability rugby league, 
we had the conditioning coach for the Warrington Wolves come along and talk to us one night, who is now, interestingly enough, the strength and conditioning coach for the England Rugby Union team. Oh, wow. wow. God, that's big. Yeah, yeah. So he's right up there. So what was he saying then? What was his... Very simple. He said, exercises just... um, I mean, 10-second push-ups. I don't know if you've ever done a 10-second push-up. You start in the the push-up position, Mm -hmm. and you lower yourself slowly over 10 seconds. Absolute killer. Oh, wow. You just do it five times. That's what you need to do, and that's enough. But it is a killer. You, you, you have actually bulked. I can see with your arms. You look... You, you well, funnily enough, our, we're in pre-season at the moment and our coach has gone, right, let, let's up the ante. Let's do Sunday gym sessions. Okay. So I've done a couple of Sunday gym sessions recently, um, like to the point of almost vomiting. Oh, really? <laughs> and okay. then buzzing for the rest yeah. of the day. Um, but one of the things he says was, as far as eating, he said, just be, you know, you don't have to do anything ridiculous. But he said, what I would say is 20 grams of protein every three hours. Okay. Nothing over the top. Just, you know, handful of meat, cheese, eggs, a couple of eggs, yep. three egg omelette, that's 20 grams of protein. So I try not to have <laughs> massive meals. So what I'll do is there's a local Indian restaurant here, <laughs> Tiffin Tin, that I love. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, Tiffin yeah, Tin's yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, it's amazing. So maybe once every couple of weeks, I'll order a big old Tiffin Tin meal and I'll spread that out over three days. <laughs> oh, that's not a bad shout. <laughs> so you can restrain yourself from eating the whole thing in one evening? Yes, yeah. Oh, I could never do that. Um, I mean, I don't know how these trips are going to go. Yeah. I think they might disappear in one evening. So, and that hasn't always been the case. And I know this. The reason I, I mention this is because you are listed on a pizza website in oh, Australia. Yeah. Now, I found this as I, I, I was googled it on the way over. I typed in Adam Hill's food. One of the first things that came up <laughs> really? was the fact that you, uh, yeah, to do a story to do with you in a pizza restaurant, mm. which I. I think you stand up. I haven't had a chance to hear. So, so what so happened with this pizza restaurant? It was the night before my wife and I got married. And we booked a, a house in the country in Australia, out in the bushland. And we had a whole bunch of people over. There were like 20-odd people. There were rooms and bunks and all that kind of stuff. And she said, the night before, let's order some pizzas. And so the nearest town was called Bacchus Marsh. Right. So I rang the pizza restaurant. And it, 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 is, it, it did become a long stand-up story, so I'm going to try not repeat it. You know, you know <laughs> when something happens to you that becomes a bit of stand-up? Yeah. But then you want to tell people about it without actually doing your act. <laughs> Yeah. Let me stand up and just uh, <laughs> grabbing a cucumber for a microphone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I find that really awkward. If, if if something's happened to me, or and I've turned it into a bit of stand up, but then I'm in conversation with someone and the same story comes up, I feel like I have to say to them, "I do say this on stage, but yes, because yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. want them to think I'm just doing my act out <laughs> in a social yeah. setting." God, that was timed to perfectly five minutes. For some reason. <laughs> I'll give you a red light towards the end of the story. <laughs> And I'll tell you after if, you've been, if you're going to be rebooked for a second story. <laughs> um, so, Do so you tell know us... that amazing Adam Bloom story? No, what's this? Adam Bloom is an incredible comedian. Yeah, he's amazing. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm not sure if he told it on stage or off, but basically he's, he said his girlfriend had said to him, like, you need to stop talking about comedy or I'm going to leave you. She said, if you. Honestly, she said, if you can talk to me for 15 minutes without mentioning comedy, then I won't leave you. And he went, I'll do it. But you're going to have to give me a light at 12. So the pizza So I called this place and it was, I think it was called Grant Pizza Place. And this young kid answered and I said, look, I'm, you know, uh, I said, I have a question for you before I order. There's about 20 odd people here. I don't know how many pizzas to order. What would you suggest? And he went, oh, hang on, I'll get my dad. <laughs> Okay. And this guy came on and was like, hello, Arthur speaking. And Arthur had the, the lovely kind of, it was either Greek, Italian, Australian accent. There's a specific accent. And I said, oh, 
Hi, I, I spoke to your son. Um, I've got 20 people here. I need to order pizzas. I don't know how many to order. And he, this, his first question was, let me ask you this question, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> is this a pizza party? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry? Is this a party where, like, specifically for eating pizza? <laughs> or is it just a group of people that would like some pizza? I went, no, it's it's just a group of people. Okay, that set me some parameters. <laughs> okay. okay. So, so what I would say to you is... Uh, your large pizza, maybe you had 18 people there. Your large style pizza probably feeds about four people. So you've got 18 people there. Four pizzas would do, would almost cover it. Probably five, but I would say maybe six pizzas if people are hungry, something like that. And I went, okay, so he said, well, let's go with five. Let's go with five pizzas. And I went, okay, fine. And he went, now, uh, does anyone there love, like me? And I said, yeah, yeah. Do they love me? <laughs> yeah. Okay, we have, a meat we have a meat lover's pizza. It's, it's your chicken, it's your barbecue, it's pretty much everything. Great. Vegetarians. Yeah, how many vegetarians? I told him, okay, so we can do two. We can do a margarita. We can do uh, just your general vegetarian. What about a barbecue chicken? Everyone loves the barbecue chicken, right? This guy was like amazing. Went, okay, so what we'll do, he said, we'll do, we'll do uh, a meat lover's, we'll do a chicken, we'll do a vegetarian, uh, and then we'll do a seafood. Food and he would tell you what, I'll throw in a margarita on the house that way no one goes hungry. <laughs> I'm like, amazing drinks. You want drinks? He talked me through the drinks. He went, Now, how would you like your pizza sliced? And I went, What do you mean? He went, Well, what I find is a large slice of pizza is, is good, but you can't mix that's a lot of pizza and you can't break it up into other pieces and share. You've got loads of people there, there's 20 people. What I would suggest is a diamond cut. Now, we will cut like diamonds across, crisscross, crisscross, across the whole, about the size of a cigarette packet. Take a piece here, take a piece there, take a piece. You can mix and match. You get the same amount of pizza, but you get more of different types of pizzas. And everyone feels like they're sharing. How does that sound to you? And I was like, this is unbelievable. Yes, Arthur, this is exactly what I want. I will see you here in uh, 30 minutes, my friend. And I turned up, I got there, they were all piled high he's thrown in extra drinks but the, it was the kid that served me and he went, there you go and I went thank you and I gave him a lovely tip and I went I was literally I took two people with me to meet oh, and I was about to leave and I went I'm so sorry I've got it can I can I meet Arthur please he's dad and Arthur comes out and I went I, I just have to say that is the best pizza seller I've ever heard in my life I brought three people down here to meet you I just want to shake your hand and he put out his hand he shook my hand he went my friend I'm passionate about pizza. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so I ended up telling this story on stage. Yeah. And it became part of my show. And then when I recorded my special for Channel 4, yeah. I told that story. Oh, and really? then it was played on the ABC in Australia. And then he saw it. He would get people coming in and asking for his autograph. People would order pizza and get him to sign the pizza That's box. so great. They made me employee of the month. And my photo's oh. up there on the wall. I've got an embroidered Grant Pizza Place shirt with my name on it. Oh, that's so great. And then funnily enough, when I did, he's been to all of my shows. You know, afterwards I'll be out and he'll come. And if I see him, we'll say hi. And then this year in Melbourne, he messaged me on Twitter beforehand saying, um, we've sold the pizza restaurant. Oh. And it felt appropriate that I'm bringing the new owners to your show as like a really? handover. Oh wow! So then I did a thing. I can't remember what it was, but I like I, I got some sort of baton, <laughs> and I passed it over to the new owners and kind of blessed the new owners. The garlic bread. <laughs> <laughs>
That's so yeah, this, this whole like big stories come out of this. Tiny... And how was the pizza good? Oh, the pizza was amazing. Do you think when those owners sell, they're going to do another handover? <laughs> and at what point are you going to be like, okay, all right, this is me going on for 50 years, people. I don't give a shit anymore who this new change of ownership is. See, I think you've done something with an idea of take. There's so many. Yeah. Takeaway is such a personal thing to people. Yeah. And what's interesting for me is that you've been invited into people's homes when you do yeah. this because takeaway is a personal thing that you do have in your own home. Mm. And you, you form relationships with your local... For instance, Millie, Millie, who serves us at the Thai restaurant in, yeah. in Yarraville, in where I live in Melbourne, she will throw in extra bits for free. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, we'll kind of get home and then go, I didn't order this dish. And at first you'd kind of ring up and go, oh, Millie, you, you gave us an extra chicken dish. And she went, yeah, I know. Oh, oh okay. Oh, that's nice. Or, or some nights you go, don't worry about paying tonight. It's fine. Oh, no And way. then my daughter would like, especially during lockdown, would draw little pictures because Millie was struggling during lockdown. So my daughter would draw her little pictures and she'd put them up in the... And then they were in a massive lockdown just recently and then they went back and kind of Millie had been in hospital because she'd had a reaction to the vaccine. So we'd, like, we've got this really personal connection oh, with her. I don't have that that's relationship lovely. with my delivery driver. That is, you know, you form that relationship with someone because you're interacting with them on yeah. a human level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was going to say, I wonder if that is lost a little bit because people don't pick up their takeaways in the way they're used to. Using it's it like, totally yes. transactional. People are quite quick to complain that it's too late or it's cold or it's yeah. this or it's that. I mean, that's yeah. not really the well, also, community spirit that you might get with the takeaway place. That With something like delivery, you don't have that personal... You don't call up mm, and phone in no. your order. Mm -hmm. In this place with Millie, you couldn't really do it online. You had to yeah. call them up. Yeah, yeah. And so... You know, every Tuesday, the, we'd, I'd call up at 5.30 and say, hey, Millie, it's Adam. And she'd go, oh, hello. Yeah. Um, now, anything different? Oh, really? she knew what the order was. And you go, no, pretty much the same. Yeah. She, okay. And she would know that Maisie didn't like, you know, the vegetables with the crispy chicken and she liked the tomato sauce. And Do you have a regular one that you have when you're here or not really? Or you're, because you're eating better, you're not? No, I would say Tiff and Tin here. Tiff, yeah, that is, every, that is every your Every couple of weeks. Okay, yeah. right. Okay. And usually, again, it's almost the same dish each time. Yeah. Um, your, um, what you were saying there about having a nutritionist and making you eat better reminded mm. me something that happened to... Claire, my girlfriend, her sister Kate, mm. has a cat, which was taken to the vet because it was like bigger than it should have been, and uh, <laughs> bigger than it the should vet have been. said, <laughs> "Very politely, you need to." Really polite I don't know how to tell you this. You're bigger than you should. <laughs> but they said that Frank, that's his name, Frank. Frank, sorry. Frank yeah. had to change his diet. Frank had to eat better, basically. This was the big change, the mm -hmm. sort of nutritional uh, value mm -hmm. that the vet was imparting. And Kate went, okay, I'll do that. I'll sort it out. So they <laughs> fed it better for three days. On the fourth day, uh, it came through the cat flat with a pan of chocolate in its mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Which... <laughs> To this day, we have no idea where it got it from. <laughs> but with a look that said, yeah, I, I'm going to control my own destiny. You can't. <laughs> this is how I roll, literally. But, yeah. Anyway. Um, right, shall we right. move on to the final bits of this meal then? So we, what have we got left? We've got, have you tried this yet? This um, is pulled, pulled pork. pork. Is excellent. I would suggest the sauce with that. Okay. I mean, um, I'm loving those burnt ends. <laughs> the burnt ends are amazing. I, I think these are the best. These are really moist. And I yeah. know that's a word that not everyone likes using, but... Um, are, are, there, so are there weird takeaway habits you have, things that you find you order in the same way each time or things that will really bother you or are you kind of... Very much a creature of habit. If yeah. I do Tiff and Tin, it'll be virtually the same three dishes. Mm. 
I, and I've always been that way with restaurants. If I go out to a restaurant, it's, it's because there's a... I don't think, oh, I want to go to... Like, there used to be a place here in um, this suburb called um, Monkey Nuts. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I, did, I didn't go there because of the restaurant. I went there because there was one dish that I liked. Yeah, and really. every time I'd, I'd go there, the guy would come over and go, are you going to go something different today? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. Do you, but would yeah. you ever... Because I can't imagine you going to a place and ordering something completely different to, to what you would usually order. So what would be the reason for you to do that? Before, okay, to, to put that into context, I, I've got into a routine, a, a breakfast routine that I mm. can't break at the moment. And so my breakfast, every, virtually every morning here at home, yeah, here we go. will be... <laughs> I'm so... sad. <laughs> already saying it's sad. It's a healthy breakfast, I like, but it's like... <laughs> Okay, a few slices of chorizo, maybe three or four slices of... Of, of good chorizo? Quality, good, col- good quality chorizo. Okay, okay, yeah. A few slices of cheese. Yeah. I'll chop up a banana. Uh, I'll have a fried egg. I read a thing about how um, European kids, school, school kids, performed better at school because their, their breakfast in the morning was a little bit of meat, a little bit of cheese, a little bit of egg, mm. nothing, not, not stodgy, not too much toast or anything, that kind of stuff. But I will do that every single morning and I look forward to it and I like the I like the comfort and the stability of it I know I like you know coming down and going right I've got my coffee I've got my this is my breakfast that'll set me for the day stopping for breakfast is something I wish I could do it's very hard with a three-year-old buzzing around yes. like this week for example was sort of getting quite loud and uh, just like running around and sort of yelling and I said to him Charlie please it's early please don't shout and then he started shouting the word shouting <laughs> Which is such a sort of <laughs> f you, isn't it? Really? <laughs> this is really you can't shouting, shouting. So the idea of being a calm. I'd love to slice a banana and have some chorizo in the morning. <laughs> so I'm very jealous. But porridge is the thing I have. I try porridge. I can just sort of in. I do like do the routine. You, of do you have yeah. porridge every morning? I do. I'm, I'm trying with to. Milk or water? I have it with milk. But I do. I do. I know what you mean. There is something quite. Secu- I don't know, it feels nice, the sort of routine of that starting your day in a certain way. I think I have a deep-seated need for security. Do you? I, I think that, and, it com- and I don't know where it comes from, but um, I, I don't like change, I don't like breaking habits. Okay, I'll do yeah. it, but I like clinging on to the things that I know and that I like, and whether that's my favourite takeaway or... Yeah. But The Last Leg is an unpredictable show, mm. and stand-up is an unpredictable mm. arena. So... Well, so you might be a creature of habit. You're happy to operate amongst disorder and chaos, basically. Absolutely. And, yeah. and as much as I, I like playing it safe, I know comedically I don't want to. Yeah. I remember doing a show at um, Latitude Festival. Yeah. And it was in a massive tent, 1,000-seat tent. That, so the comedy would be on until like 7 o'clock at night or something. And yes, then it would yeah. become like a dance tent. And there were two en- enormous, and when I say enormous, I'm talking like 14, 15 foot high pink poodles, polystyrene poodles that were clearly used for some kind of LGBT dance night later yeah. on. And I remember standing side of stage going, I'm going to do something with those poodles. <laughs> and like everyone, the whole crowd was sitting down politely and, you know, cross-legged on the grass, just yeah. watching the show and enjoying it. And I was like, if I was a decent comedian, I would do something with those poodles. Right, yeah. And I started, look, even my foot is tapping now just thinking about it. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I started then panicking going, God, God, that's too stressful. What are you going to do? I don't know what I'm going to do. And I, I was almost sick with stress. <laughs> really? And to the point where I went, just ignore the poodles. Just do your act. Just do your act. And of course, I walked out on stage and went, look at these poodles! <laughs> <laughs> look at these poodles! And I ended up 
having, <laughs> having a race of crowd surfing pink poodles and the whole place was on their feet Amazing. and it was like who could get their poodle to the back of the crowd yeah, yeah, yeah. and then back up to the front and then like years later I'd be in Edinburgh and some young like 20 year old would stop me on the street and go you're the pink poodle guy. <laughs> Incidentally, uh, ignore the poodle is a great name for a tour. Between two huge poodles, you're trying not to. <laughs> Are there things that annoy you about eating out or food that comes in? Oh wow. Um... I'm, I'm not sure that I've got a spit. Like I think I'm just so grateful for. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Someone's bringing you food to your house. Yeah. On a tangent, yeah. having done two yeah. lots of hotel quarantine yeah. in Australia during this COVID period where you're in a room for 14 days, yeah. can't open a window, you can't go outside, you can't do any of that. There is a point where having food brought to you three times a day is yeah. kind of my best work. Yeah. <laughs> it's and always chorizo, banana <laughs> and porridge. <laughs> well, I found the thing, especially... Um, <laughs> In Sydney, in Melbourne, the food wasn't amazing, but there'd be this weird moment where the food would come at the same time every day. Mm. So 6.30 at night, you'd know it was on its way. Mm. They wouldn't just knock and then deliver it because they can't be there when they hand over because of COVID. So what they would do is they'd put the paper bag outside everyone's door, up the hallway, and then down the hallway. And then they'd go back up to the top and then they'd knock and then they'd work their way down the hallway. And after they'd knock, you had 30 seconds to go out to wait to then go out and get your food. At the same time every night, you'd start getting that Pavlovian like, <laughs> food's on its way. Can't be too far away now. <laughs> and, then... <laughs> and you'd know what was coming because they tell you each day what you were gonna get. That's really funny. But then you'd hear the rustle, the paper bag be put down outside your door and you'd hear the rustle. But you knew that then they had to go all the way up the hall. Oh, that's so So you hear the rustling up the hall yeah. and then down and then you hear the knocks from the other end of the hall. Yeah. So it was like from rustle to meal was like three minutes. Yeah. So there'd be that thing of going, come on. I'm surprised you didn't fashion a little mirror that you put underneath <laughs> the door. Just didn't quickly see how long it's going to take. But then the first night at home, so that, you know, you get home and it's like, oh, thank God for that. And I, I didn't realise I was doing this, but it got to about 6.30 and I was... My foot was tapping. Became institutionalized. I was getting really tense. And my wife's like, what's up? And I went, I don't know. She went, what are you doing? And I went, why isn't someone bringing us food? <laughs> so, um, so let's we see. always end our chats mm. by sort of taking stock of the food we've had, basically. Um, <laughs> what a feast. That was amazing. So should we, what, should we go through? What were your, your favourite dishes that we've had here? What can did I, you like? Okay, before that, can I just yeah. describe... The word that I would use to describe the table right now is carnage. <laughs> Take a photo. Utter yeah. carnage. <laughs> Thing is, I'm sort of still not done. No, I'm absolutely not done. I'm going to say today the burnt ends were quite spectacular. Yeah, I agree with that. That was. I my think the burnt ends were the best thing here. Just the, yeah. that brown sauce oh. that came with it. Sticky, chewy, moist. I'm going to say the brisket was yeah. my favourite. Yeah, I, I like that sort of hint of honey what, sweetness. This, this was. That was my favourite. Yeah, oh, God, I really, was, really liked it. Actually, that was my least favourite. Was yeah, it? the burnt M's are my favourite. Mm. Yeah, well, so there's something well, there for go. everyone, isn't it? Um, <laughs> and the coleslaw was, was, was coleslaw. The coleslaw was coleslaw. <laughs> <laughs> the coleslaw was... Yeah. But it was very, very good. That was an ace meal. I just am glad that 
I got to show you that meal for all the times you missed out. This is for every <laughs> veggie prep that you yeah. I'm going to look at the photos when I'm out with Josh at Veggie Prep. Remembering the time that I was happy. And, uh, and he'll be like, what are you looking at? You know, oh, no, oh, nothing. nothing. <laughs> just new stories coming up with gags. Just... <laughs> Yeah. Hillsy, well, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. Oh, Absolute pleasure. And that it's, food was wonderful. That was I mean, great. Having been away from my wife and kids for seven months, I think this is possibly. Are you even making a podcast, or did someone say Hillsy needs some? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, man. Thanks. Oh, thank you, you so much. All that was missing was some cheese and some banana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I wouldn't have it this late at night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, God. you got to get the excitement building <laughs> tomorrow morning. I'm not weird. <laughs> So that was the wonderful Adam Hills there. Um, what a fun chat and what delicious food. Absolutely loved that. If you've enjoyed that episode and you've been enjoying the series in general, then we would love, love for you to leave us a review and to subscribe and share and tell your friends and spread the word. We want as many people as possible to hear this show because um, it's a joy. We really, really do enjoy it and we, and we love that you seem to be enjoying it. And thank you so much for the lovely messages and emails you've been sending. Um, we have one more episode this series. This is the penultimate episode of the series. Um, Simran, what is the final episode next week? I'm very excited about this final episode, Crane. So this final episode, it's going to be me, you and our producer, Michael. We're going to be digging in to some Christmas takeaway food. It's going to be a Christmassy special. It's going to be full on Christmas food all day. It's going to be delicious. It's that sort of the, the gross excess of Christmas, basically. <laughs> it's going to be turkey stuffed in goose. It's going to be goose stuffed in chicken. <laughs> Who has chicken on Christmas? It's going to be. It's going to be great. It's going to be beef Wellington. And in the middle of it, a tiny robin, a tiny Christmas robin. In the middle of it, tiny oh. Christmas robin. Alan Jones. We're going to eat Alan Jones. It's going to be brilliant. Oh. It's going to be wonderful. But basically, we're going, to, we're going to be trying all the Christmas fare that the takeaways are offering at the moment. McDonald's, KFC, all the sort of, there's some sort of cool local places that we found as well. All the big names. But basically, all the Christmas fare, Pret, you name it. We're just going to see what's best, what we like. And we'll be talking about takeaway food and Christmas in general. Um, on which, if you have any Christmas takeaway stories or Christmas food stories you want to send us, please do the usual hello at my favorite takeaway podcast.com. But I think it's going to be a really fun one. We look forward to joining you next week for the final episode of the series. Till next time. Till next Til time. Till next time. Oh, very Christmassy. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.